everybody from the holidays here on the Heat Ratio Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, joined always by John Coker and Coach Dave Dixon. Uh, last time we, we recorded, John was unavailable. He was on the mend. Usually it's Dave on the mend, but this time it was John. <laughs> uh, we took a couple weeks off to enjoy with the family, a little New Year's celebration, a little Christmas celebration, which was great, but we're back. We're bigger than ever, and we're going to be more exciting. We're going to be more focused, and we're going to have a lot more guests come on to this show. So maybe even adding another a fourth microphone for a fourth member of the Heat Ray Show as well. So uh, a lot of exciting things ahead, but we have to talk a Philadelphia Eagles loss, unfortunately. And it was a rough, rough day. Rough night, I should say, last night. Rough day today, uh, especially because, obviously, when, when the Eagles got into the playoffs, I think we were all playing ahead. You know, oh, this will be great. You know, this is the team we wanted to play. It was Carson Wentz's first playoff game. This was going to get his experience, win or lose, going to be good. And then what happens, he leaves in the first quarter with, we'll talk about the hit, whether it was dirty or not, by Jadavion Clowney um, with a concussion. And I was at the game, and I'm going to tell you guys, man, the atmosphere was like I, I was at a funeral. And it was. When, when, when he went down, well, actually, when, nobody actually knew when he went down. It was, you know, supposedly from what you hear is, you know, he went to the sideline, said he didn't feel right, he was talking to McCown. But, you know, if it wasn't for the drunk guy next to me screaming, yo, Wedge is walking in the locker room. I looked over and I'm like, wow, what's going on? Excuse me. And um, just like that, everything got somber. Everything got quiet, right? And I'm like, no, this can't be happening, right? So then you're, you know, you don't, when you're live in the stadium, you don't get no updates. It's not like comes up on a fan division, like what's going on, right? So obviously you go to Twitter, you start scrolling, you see the updates. And, and I think it was either, I think it was Chris Mortensen uh, on ESPN was the first one to throw out there that uh, Eagles officials walked up to get Carson Wentz's wife take her out of the stands, and bring her down. And that's when everybody's like, he ain't coming back. Like, when you when you go get the wife, there's an issue. And then it then came out later at Sal Palantonio that when she he didn't recognize her when she came down and that he had honestly had no idea what was going on. Dude was hurt bad with that headshot. And, you know, how unfortunate. Like, that was the one – like, we've been next man up, right? We I, I get all that, and we it, we've been – through the fire this year with injuries and practice players, but that was the one guy you could ill afford to lose, right? That was the one guy we needed and we won it. And and boom, just like that, one hit, he's gone. Uh, you know, I'm gonna get your guys' take on it in a second. The one thing I am gonna say is I'm gonna touch on them stupid, ridiculous narratives of Carson being injury prone and we need to get rid of him, trade him now. The guy will never play a full season and this and that. I mean, this isn't this isn't an injury where you know you tear your ACL or you know you rip your groin off or you rip your hammy. I mean, this is this is a head injury. It, it, no matter what can happen to anybody. So I I think that's ridiculous. I, I know I think it was Danny Cannell on ESPN came out. I guess he needs clicks. He needs press because now all of a sudden he's going to start dogging. Josina Anderson's going to start dogging Carson Wentz. Pull her credibility card too because that you know with, with all the Alshon Jeffrey stuff with her and and now she doesn't like Carson. It, it, it's just so ridiculous what these people in the media do in order to get followers and cred on the internet when they don't even need it, which is insane. But um, lo and behold, you know, that game was a winnable game. Uh, You know, if Carson Wentz in there, no mistake about it, we win that game. And we still had opportunities to win that game, which was insane to me that he still had opportunities. One thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to hand the mic over to you. I, I, I get long with it. Well, two things I'm going to say. First of all, shout out iHeartRadio, Fox Sports, the Gambler for for hooking Jigsaw up and the crew for being down there in the in the club level watching the game, which was amazing uh, at PBR beforehand at Fox Sports, the Gambler having a good time giving out Miller Life flight deck Texas. It was great. So shout out to them and all the executives out there who have treated us with nothing but welcome arms, which I, which is amazing. But what I what I will say one one negative thing I have against Doug Peterson was I, I don't understand why Josh McNeil wasn't ready to play. That's all I'm going to say. I understand it was his first debut, 40 years old, never been in a playoff game. I get that. But biggest game of the year, win or go home, why do you have to dumb down the playbook? Why is he not practicing the plays in practice? Why is he not ready? Why did you have to put him in there? 
okay, and, and just keep handing the ball off. And on, on second that would say you knew at halftime your quarterback was not coming back. So you had time to adjust, but you still couldn't do it. I don't understand that. I still think he should have been more prepared in order to play, even though he hasn't played all year since week two. He still should have been ready to play. They shouldn't have had to dump the playbook that much. I understand he's not going to throw the ball 40 yards down the field. And Grant, I will tell you one thing. I was at the game, like I said, and the receivers were not open. Those dudes could not get open yesterday. They weren't open. There were, 90% of the time, they were covered every single time. Every single time. So, again, a lot to talk about, a lot to digest. What do you guys think? Whoever wants to go, go ahead. Go ahead, Coach. Well, man, that was a lot. Um, Sorry, man. Five minutes and 48 seconds. Boom. Oh, <laughs> well, Jigsaw can talk. Go, uh, we'll go over the game, I guess. I mean, Carson Wentz, I feel so bad for the guy. I mean, I really I really yep. feel bad for him. Um, the, the, the hit itself, I, I can see – I see both sides of the fence of that. I, I see Jadavion Clowney um, playing football, right? He became – Carson – and this might upset people, but it was a screenplay where the, it didn't it didn't come to fruition, and Carson decided to tuck the ball and run instead of feeling the pressure around him and and to live for the, another day and throw the ball away. He tucked it and and became a runner, and unfortunately, that's the price he paid because of making that decision. Um, head injuries are not like the other injuries like you talked about, and all those other media personnel about. The, with all due respect, if you if you consider this an an injury prone and and questioning a man's toughness who came back from an ACL started game one who played with fractured bones in his back, if you're if anybody questions Carson's toughness now whether he's injury prone or not that that's that's you know a whole nother question but toughness on a concussion in football in today's modern era that they they should never be allowed to speak to. The media or, or or any social outlet again, Agreed. in my opinion, Agreed. I think they're, they're, that's that's pretty low level behavior for for anybody. Um, go back to Clowney. I don't think it was really a dirty hit, but here's the deal. Here's what I'll tell you: if if Jadavion Clowney sits here and tells you that his goal was not to take out a quarterback, he's lying. He is an absolute liar. You've heard us talk about it on this show before. The name of the game is still what? Kill the quarterback. You know, if 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 Fletcher Cox did that to Russell Wilson, would anybody question that it wasn't a great play by Fletcher Cox? Nope. No, we would be like high five and a buy. He would have to never buy a drink in here again, and we'd be paying for his liquor for the rest of his life. Right. So everybody has two sides of the story. It's unfortunate that it happened to Carson. He played one quarter in a playoff game, and and hopefully Carson's okay. Right, that's that's what you hope. So, for. so word is not to cut you. Know, word yeah. is that he is, you know, from 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 what I've been reading and from what I've been following, and people in the know that you know he did drive to the Novacare today. He did drive to the link in order to do the exit interviews. He said he would feel much better. So obviously he was good enough to operate his own motor vehicle. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the man is, you know, this isn't going to be a prolonged injury, which is what you want. Yeah. And, 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 I'm, and, and, and before you get back, like what you're saying is a lot of people I see were mad, right? They were like, uh, you know, with the concussion protocol and this is what happens. Listen, there's a human element to this. Yes. Okay, we have to remember this. This is not—it's not a football player. It's a human being, a human being that's just newly married, a human being that's ha- expecting his first child, mm-hmm. a new, a, a human being who we've seen the players with the dementia. You know, we we could talk about Junior Seau all day, right? On what happened to him, and and this was this is why these rules have come into play. So I applaud the NFL for putting these things in there, and I applaud the Eagles and Carson for actually listen. You know damn well that. Carson probably wanted to pick his helmet up and say, screw that, I'm going to play. Okay? But, you know, bravo to him and everybody else that made him stay where he was, stay grounded, and stay out, even though it was probably one of the toughest decisions of his life. But it'll benefit him 20 years down the road. We don't know for sure what was said between him and McCown when he sat next to him. But as looking at the replay video, and there's a shot of Carson's head turning towards McCown. McCown's kind of looking down. Carson's looking down. I, I I would bet my mortgage that Carson told him, I'm not right. Well, McCown came out. So I, I, I can't remember. 
what reporter it was. It was either Pal Antonio or Tim McManus, because I read it, and it was quoted, too, from Josh McCown. They asked Josh that, and he said that he came to the sideline, and he did exactly that. He said to Josh, I, I don't feel right. Yeah. And, and Josh is like, what do you mean? And he said that he just doesn't know. He says his head doesn't feel right. Yeah. His equilibrium's off, and, yeah. he, and, he, and he felt sick. And yeah. that's Josh like, yo, you got to you got to go with your tech. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't know that tone. That, that but, did just but, come. That yeah. did came out today. Okay, so yeah. but here, here's but the it's thing. It's a good call. I mean, obviously, you're, you're a player. Yep. When, when you take a shot like that, and 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 not that I played at that level, obviously not. But head injuries are head injuries, no matter what level they're they're at. When you take a blow like that, and you know. You know, stuff's just not working right, man. I, I I don't feel good. Things aren't right. He 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 did it. He did the right thing by removing himself and letting people know that he wasn't right. As far as the game plan from McCown, what what you talked about, Tony, they still kicked. They still kicked a couple field goals, and McCown and that offense dummy down, if, if you will, still put him in positions to score touchdowns and and and. Do things to put points on the board, which in a playoff game, points are hard to come by. Now, if you God question, right. if you question at six twenty three or whatever, we we should have kicked the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down. That I thought that's what you were going to question with Doug, and you didn't. But that would be my question mark with Doug. Why did we go Doug's for the own points? admission though? But that was Doug's own admission. I was questioning Doug. They asked Doug, and Doug specifically said he completely. He told Josh he was dumbing down the playbook. He was taking out formations and he was taking out movement. So that was Doug. I, I, I was actually saying exactly what Doug told the media. Yeah, well, I think that's saving. That's the right thing to do in that situation. Your backup quarterback hasn't taken reps all year. That's the in a playoff game. He's never played one playoff game before. In my opinion, Doug did the right thing to try and move the and the offense moved. It did move. I have I have a problem with not putting points on the board with Doug. I also have a problem with the offensive line. Jason Peters false starts in the game. The one false start happened where he turned around and looked at Josh McCown, acted like he was mad at him for and and that really bothered me. That really bothered me because actually on the replay, McCown was looking for the ball. He actually flinched because he thought the ball was coming. Kelsey didn't snap the ball. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but I'm going to say that Kelsey didn't go in first sound, and it was his fault, and that's why the false start happened. Could be right. But Peters turning around and blaming the quarterback there, Peters, you, you don't do that stuff. You don't show anybody up. God forbid somebody would do that to you, Jason. There's a lot of Jason Peter hate today, man. I'll tell you. Well, he deserves the hate. Is it, I, I, it's I not, disagree. It's, it's I not, disagree. It's not hate when you're it critiquing. It's when you're critiquing and you're pointing out things. I don't hate Jason Peters, a Hall of Fame left tackle, but I don't. I don't. No, like, I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you in particular. I'm just saying from you know because we're gonna get to that later about should he come back? Should he not come back? No, he shouldn't play? come back. Uh, we're gonna get into that later. He, well, you shouldn't come back. You I, have to play the young kid at left tackle. You I, move I, on. I think you're asinine. You, you got to bring the man back. No way. Why not? Because you, you have to move on from him. He he doesn't give you he doesn't give you 16 games. He, he out of those 16 games he'll play nine. Out of those nine games he'll 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 go he'll have false starts. Two out of three times a game, you got to groom the young kid to play that position. Well, th- that's why I think you sign him. He's a player coach, so you're going to play. You're going to so, sign him. You're going to do what Darren Sproles and and how much you going to sign him? Wait for? a minute, wait a minute. What I'm saying is, if, if if you told me right this year, I think he signed one year like eight million. Okay, so he's 38 years old. Okay, so say they say, hey, Jason, you take a one-year deal, $4.5 million. They pay you half of what you made last year, okay, to be technically a player coach. So what you're going to do is you're going to be the, the insurance policy for Brandon Brooks right now because Brandon Brooks could have a six- and nine-month recovery, okay, because when they go in and operate on him, they're not sure how significant that injury is. So they're talking it could be six to nine months. I don't care what kind of warrior it is. So you sign a guy like Jason Pierce who agrees to move inside the guard. Not only that, he's going to be the guy that's going to be teaching Andre Dillard. He's going to be like – he's to me, he's invaluable for one year. For one year, you can't tell me that there's other guys. that Listen, your boy Mylotta, I'd rather let him go to the practice squad and, and sign Jason Peters. What? That's when you that's go to the Novich guy. He, Jason Peters will never play at guard. Never, Why? Because he won't. Why not? 
I don't think Jason Peters will pay for half a salary. <laughs> I think he will. I don't. No. Why won't he play guard? Because he's a left tackle, and, and left tackles don't move into guard. Well, when he said he'd be comfortable playing guard, was he lying? I want to see that. Okay. I don't believe we'll dig that. It up. For, I, I don't he absolutely that. said that. I believe that for one minute. Yep. He got pissed off because Stepnowski got him hurt because of the way he blocks. And when you play in at guard, you're on the ground a lot. You are in the trenches. You're you're wrestling in a phone booth when you're playing at guard. In a phone booth. And like he, Clark Kent. He will not he will not agree to that one bit, no way. And uh, then take less money on top of it. I don't I don't All think I'm saying is if he did, I'd bring him back. I'd bring him back for that reason because I'd like to have a guy, a Hall of Fame guy, Hall of Fame guy on the right, back. Well, so when you when you discuss it that way, and if he's able to play at a reduced price, well, then yeah, sure, then sure. absolutely, sure. I'm not bringing Jason Peters back for ten million dollars. What I'm saying is, if he's willing to take considerable less money, you know, welcome the uh, uh, position change and be a guy which we've seen. I know you've seen it. I've seen it. Guys sitting in the Obacare Center, getting in Dillard's ear, showing them technique, letting them learn. I mean, there's a reason why this guy. There's a reason why this guy's going to the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. There's a reason why. Okay. So what? Be, like, if you mean to tell me he can't be number fifty three on a on a roster, I mean, I'm sorry. There's but there's there's worse options out there than Jason Peters, is my opinion. That's all. So I don't disagree with how you just sold that to us. I don't. You like that? But, good salesman. But. You can't bring him back as a starter is my only thing. John, you agree or disagree? I, I agree with that. We got to get John's We're dominant over here. If you bring him back, I think he comes back as a starter. I really do. You think he comes back? Uh, I'm see, not I, saying I, that it's a good move. Regardless, I don't put it this way. Whatever he's going to command is, prob- is more than he's worth. So is he really going to take a pay cut to come back? Eh, I don't know. And is he going to do that? Look, he may just say, screw it, I'm going to retire. Because he may not want to come back and be, a, you know what I mean, a secondary player. Well, that too. But I'm just, you know, interviewing him today when he said he's got a lot of juice left in the tank and he, he wants to continue to play, whether it's here or somewhere else. Well, and that's and that's where I'm getting at it. Will somewhere else pay more to be a starter? Oh, yeah. and, or and is he going to take less money? And he, hey. Listen, if the San Diego Chargers, Chargers come, Chargers, San Diego Chargers come calling, and I say, hey, JP, we're going to give you two years at $15 million. See you, Jay. Been real. Love you. Yep. But you got to go. Yeah, I, I, I'm realistic. I completely agree with that. He's going to be the left tackle out there for Tom Brady. He could be. He could be. That's a Tom, Tom Brady, Brady still a Patriot. No to San Diego or L.A. or wherever they are now. Yeah, they'll be in L.A. next year, right? Belichick will be going before Brady. Mark it down. But um, guarantee. So, John, what, what was your point of the game? I'm sorry. Me, me and Dave have been overly the, commanding here. We're look, 18 minutes in. I have barely heard anything from Coker. <laughs> you guys went on your rants. That's all right. <laughs> I, look, say what you want. They, they put forth a valiant effort with subpar players. I mean, plain and simple. Yeah, they didn't have, you know, you could talk about next man up, you could talk about practice squad, but there's a reason why these guys are fourth and fifth string wide receivers or practice squad players. Look, you're in the playoffs now. This is a different game. This isn't uh, regular season week seven. You know, you're still trying to figure out what your team is. You're playing against the elites, you know what I mean? So, look, they in my opinion, they were just overmatched just from every aspect of the game. Uh, you know, no, nobody had the drive to overcome it. I mean, there were chances. You didn't capitalize on the chances. And, I mean, that's what the ball game came down to. It was, it was close the whole time. It was within reach into the fourth quarter. But it was like, there, in my opinion, there just wasn't enough talent to take it. Take him across the line. It's basically what it is. Well, I he, mean, he honestly, brought up he brought up talent, is. right? So let's yep. let's go into this narrative that's uh, that I heard. No two people more in this city, in my opinion, have brought up this fact that that game is on Howie Roseman more than anybody else in the organization. <sighs> you know what, man? I disagree with that. I don't. I do. Clowney uh, knocked out your starting quarterback. Listen. He should have been in an Eagles helmet. Listen. And DK Metcalf should have been drafted on your team. Had the most yards uh, you know what? from any you receiver know what, on the team. You're absolutely right. But you know what? 
you know, the more I've looked at this year, and I'm glad you brought it up because I, I definitely want to bring this up tonight. The more I looked at this year, the more I disagree with half the statements I made throughout the course of the year on Howie Roseman. <laughs> and let, let, I'll be honest with you. So let, let me let me let me preface this by saying I get it. You're right. You know, and and my my buddy Mark John Miller sitting next to the game last night. He said the same thing because he knew I was a clowny guy. He said the same thing when that happened. He's like, "Yo, Howie trades for clowny. That hit never happens." I'm like, "I, you're right." But the DK Metcalf thing, I completely agree right i completely agree but you also have to remember we weren't the only team that passed on dk metcalf there was a lot of baggage that came with dk metcalf because if you remember he originally was supposed to be the number one receiver off the board he hands down he was supposed to be the next megatron he was the guy that everybody wanted and he started to fall we weren't the only team that passed on him number two like john said okay i can name a ton of guys on that team Greg Ward, Perkins, Davis, Burnett, Avante Maddox, Crave LeBlanc, right? Cravon LeBlanc. So many different guys on that team brought in, whether it be Joe Douglas or Howie Roseman. Okay, guys made plays. Not every team can be perfect when they draft. I, I will say that. And when I look at these guys, these were all Howie guys. Howie was here for these guys, right? And they, they produced. They produced when those guys went down, did they not? If it wasn't like so, Howie Rose right? was in charge of all the play. We getting the practice players too. Uh, yes, Howie is in charge of everything. Right, it's a joint effort between him and the okay. director of player development. Okay, right? so so he's got that's a hundred percent of the job. He did fifty percent of it well, and he should be okay. Everybody should be okay with that. You passed. You passed. You made a clear cut decision. Okay. Not to pick up Clowney. You made a clear-cut decision. I don't care. Just like everything else, just like I run my house, I don't care what the next house does. What's your house do? You're right. You did not draft DK Metcalf. You had a perfect opportunity to do it, and you decided not to. But and so, that man just but, beat your team. But so did other GMs. I don't give a shit what other GMs You did. should. No, I shouldn't. Why? Because I just told you yeah, why. But I Dave, only worry about my own he's house. He's not going to be perfect. He's only... I'm never going to be perfect. But you're, you're, you're... Never. Your three seasons of, of drafting right. have, have been far from good, let alone perfect. Okay. Why? Because your talent evaluation skills Wait are a good. Wait a minute. So let, let's go back, right? <clears throat> and, let's, uh, and, and none of this is written down. Okay, I don't have this written down. You don't have this written down. So I'm sure we're not going to name them all. But let's start 2017, right? Which I think we both agreed that was probably one of the worst drafts we thought, right? Derek that, Barnett, that, right. number okay. one overall. So let's look at Derek Barnett, yeah. who I think should be more than a number one pick. But is he a bench pick? Should he be on the bench? He's no. a, He's not a starter. He shouldn't He shouldn't be. What, is he a rotational guy? He's a rotational okay, guy. Okay, so, yeah, so he can play in the NFL. Yeah. He, has he made some big plays? He's made a few. Okay, so it's not a bust. Uh, I, I would say that's 50-50. Right, but it's point. not a bust, right? Uh, as a number one. Who player. else came out of that draft? The guy we can't stand, Sid Jones. Sidney Sid Jones Sid was your Jones. second pick in that right. draft. Right, and we yeah. and we both we both buried that pick, right? Absolutely. And we've been burying him all year, right? Yeah. Except he made two tremendous plays. Right. Tremendous plays. Yeah. To show that maybe... He is something. Can't call him a boss chap. You can't. I don't think you can call him a boss chap. Uh, a second round draft pick. Uh, if, if, if he should we look at the listen, players that came before him? You're right, Dave. We could do that with every draft, right? No, no, every draft. No. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we I, could do I that every draft. But we who know. else is in that draft? Let's go on. Donnell Pumphrey, yeah, stiff, complete bust. Sheldon Gibson, who was back on the team. <laughs> we released, which is crazy, right? On a back. So he's a bust. Qu- Nate Qu- or Quarles. Uh, Shelton Quarles. Uh, Jer- uh, Nate Geary. Uh, uh, Nate Geary. G- Geary uh, okay. Sorry. So here you go with Nate, Ge- Nate, Nate, Nate Geary. Might have been the second to last. We start middle line. He was a starting linebacker for us half yeah. the year, right? Yeah. Was he good? Uh, he was starter. So I'm, I'm going to say that pick. I'm okay with that because he's a fifth, sixth round pick that's logged a ton of minutes for you. Okay. Play special teams. Plays on the field. Is he is he a, a diamond? No. Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills. You're going to have a question mark there. I I mean he's he's a starter for us. You're going to be be up against whether you pay him or not. Has now. he made plays? He has. Okay, and he's a starter for us. For us. So he's not a bust. 
Avante Maddox. Mills is not a bust because you got him in like the right. sixth, seventh round. Another great pick. Avante Maddox. It's not a great pick. Sixth, seventh round, Dave? Maddox. Sixth, seventh round. Yeah. How is that not a great pick? He's starting in the NFL. He's yeah, starting he's in playoff starting, games. He's starting on a team that is deficient at that position. Not necessarily. Who's starting for the Saints? The Saints went into the playoffs as the best team in the NFC, right? That everybody Marshawn, was talking about. Marshawn Lattimore. We could have had him. Right? Absolutely. He's Who else? Good. I don't know. Uh, they exactly. Had, they had, uh, I can't, they're in the right. starters. You know why? But Eli Apple was, he's, a trade. was the he's other a trade. one. He was a trade. He got, yeah. Patrick Robinson, who yeah. we had. Yeah, he's back on their team. He because played. of the Eli Apple injury. Yeah. Patrick well, Robinson had a play. picked up Janoris Jenkins. Who, again, was a pickup, not a draft, right? Right. So, what all I'm saying is, you name guys, right? You name these guys. You name him Maddox. Who's playing? Uh, Kamir Grugier-Hill. Who's playing? I know he was injured. Who's playing? Significant time he was playing. You're look, Rasul Douglas, say what you want, but he has played significant he's time. He's 2017, Drake. I'm okay yeah, with Rasul. I, look, I hear what you're saying. Am I right I, or wrong here? Well, I th- I think the later round picks worked out well. Yes. The earlier picks yes. didn't, but to what you're saying is they're, they're starters. They're starters on an 8-18. Eight and 18. I mean, the team was not good. So, like, they did not excel or exceed. They didn't, they were just your mediocre I, yeah, guys on your You're the right. Field. I don't disagree with that. So, uh, well, I'm just saying, when you're talking about, I mean, you're using, did they make plays? Are they a bust? I don't think it's that clear cut. What I'm saying is, these guys are basically just filling out rosters. It's not a complete deficiency, right. but they're really not helping your team. To do better. I'm basing it on this year. You're right. I absolutely agree. Is what I'm saying is these are bench guys, some of these guys, right? What I'm saying is you had enough talent at that level to be able to compete this year when all your starters went down. To me, that's doing a hell of a job with bringing in player development. Is it not? That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not I, saying these guys should be starters. Well, I guess if you if your number one priority is the depth in your bench, because I would rather hit on my first and second Listen, round pick and get to all I, pros. I, I understand that, but name me a team that always hits on their first and second round picks. Not many. Even your team doesn't do it. Not always. Right? But if no. you take if you take the top two picks over a three year span, there's a lot of teams that do better than others. No, yeah. you're absolutely right. So Tony, you're you're giving Howie a, you're giving Howie a pass. No, I'm giving him praise. I'm not giving him a pass. I'm giving him some praise. That's all I'm saying. Do I think he's doing a tremendous job? No, but what I'm saying is all the criticism I gave him about how this team is completely deficient on every single position. I was wrong because if not, this team doesn't go nine and seven. This team goes like three and thirteen. Okay, so that's you're, all I'm saying. You're okay with nine and seven. That's okay for you. No, I'm okay with 9-7 when you lose half your starters. Okay. Right? I'm not okay with 9-7 if everybody was, was good. Yeah. Hell no. But 9-7 uh, but with half a team? Practice yeah. squad? For who? For what? Yeah. Who caught that? My name is what? My name is who? Right. But I mean, so, this is what so, I'm talking about. But there's about. other variables that need to be in play here that is, is right in Howie's wheelhouse, and he totally is responsible for yes or no, whether we get this guy or not. Listen, he's responsible for bad contracts, right? I think we can agree on that. He's responsible for re-signing Nelson Aguilar. He's responsible for re-signing Darren Sproles. He's responsible for paying Alshon Jeffrey number one receiver money when he's not a number one receiver, right? I mean, yeah, there, there are things he's responsible for. He's responsible for the misguided number one overall draft picks that we completely miss on all the time, right? I he's, mean, he's, he's responsible. Resp- I get that. He has to be responsible for not saying yes to picking up Clowney. Oh, he 100% he is. So, so the highlight to me, like Carson getting hurt, okay, I get it. But the highlight to me was that Clowney did it and then that Metcalf has 110 yards, whatever listen, receiving yards that he I, has. I, listen, I completely agree with you. The Metcalf thing, listen, I know you say don't worry about everybody else, okay? I understand that. We could talk that narrative all day long. Yeah. We could talk the narrative of how many teams pass on Aaron Rodgers. Right. I, 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 I completely understand that. I get it. But what I'm saying is it's not him alone on the island here. And what I'm saying is with the Davion Clowney thing, I wanted Davion. You wanted I know, him. I, know I get you, it. I know you. Right? We completely yeah. wanted him. But if it was what I don't the, – the thing I don't agree with that 
with how he is for saying he's protecting picks, and then he turns around and gives up a fourth round pick for Gerard Gerard Avery, who who what how much did he play right? Yeah. So I listen. I still fault him for that, but maybe. Just maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was doing it out of, out of money. Maybe he was doing it because he didn't want to give up the a draft pick. The reason's always right? money knows? in the background. But let me ask you this question: If you're the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Let's look at this as a, a, as your business here, and you have executives that you put in play to do their job, and and this is the product that they put out on the field, and you and you know Jeffrey Lurie knows football, right? And you went to a game, a playoff game, in your house. And you see two possibilities that could have been in your helmet beat you. Do you think he's not looking at the guy that he held responsible for this and and question mark in his head? Yeah, possibly. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I wouldn't. Wouldn't you? Go, wouldn't you do that? It would. It would cross my mind. I mean, I would have to see multiple instances. Look, the DK Metcalf thing. I mean, look, I'm not. I know what's in your house is in your house, but. There were there were things that obviously kept him off of out of thirty one other people's houses. Mm-hmm. So I understand. Look, it's it's not always what it seems. I mean, everybody knew that he was a freakish athlete, but maybe his uh, whatever they do the Wonderlick tests. Maybe oh, his, yeah, the Wonderlick Maybe test. His, you know his history. Maybe his personality, his work ethic. You don't quite know what it was, and you never really know if you're going to be able to push the right buttons to get everything out of a player like that. So I hear what you're saying, but me, if I'm the owner, I'm not necessarily going to fault him for that. Now, the clowny thing maybe a little bit more because, you know, that to me was a no-brainer. I mean, and for what, they gave, us, for what they gave up for him, yes, I would want to do it. So I mean, you know, I don't, I don't say it's a huge question mark. Like I'm ready to get rid of the guy, but when you see a bunch of misses in a row, yeah, you start to question. Yeah, I think that you would be foolish not to. He, Howie Roseman, has done a phenomenal job with the salary cap stuff. Howie's involvement and how he handles the money, he's excellent at that, in my opinion. Um, but the talent, talent evaluation, and bringing bringing guys in here for the last three years is a question mark to me. Now, you go with 2017, and all the right moves worked. You know, you brought you brought LeGarrette Blunt in here. You brought Jay Ajayi in here. You 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 drafted Vitae the year before, who Vitae ended up being your left – or, yeah, your left tackle to help you win a Super Bowl. Crazy. You re-signed Nick Foles, right? You re-signed Nick Foles – off of the trash heap that was going to retire, he comes in here and helps you win a Super Bowl. So I understand that that worked. But three years now, three years, there have been deficiencies in getting the proper guys in here. And you've had multiple opportunities to, to correct things, and you chose not to. Well, it's going to be an important offseason. We have a ton of free agents that are, that are you going to sign. So what are you doing with Malcolm Jenkins? Let me ask you that. I don't sign Malcolm. You don't sign Malcolm. Malcolm said today, he came out, he's not coming back on his deal. He's not. Yeah. Right? He has one year left on his deal. He said he's not coming back. I, unfortunately, Malcolm's at a crossroads in, in with age. Is this the Brian Dawkins saga all over again? Yes. Pretty close. They're around the same age, right? I think Dawkins you was gotta, older. I, I mean, you got to look at I don't. You got to look at the whole team as, and when I even when I'm saying team, you got to look at that defense and figure out what is your direction. You know what I mean? Keeping him along, if you're not going to fill the other holes or it's not in your long term plan, you got to figure out what is my defense going to be this year. What what holes am I going to fix? What am I going to lose? How long am I going to have these guys? What is my window? And figure out is it time to just cut bait now? But I don't I, think I, you I t- can. I don't well, think you can. With what you have there, no. I mean, you got to figure out if you do cut bait, what are you doing next year? That that defense, he, you know, most teams, you know, he listen, Malcolm Jenkins, and I'm not ashamed to say this because I know people that say it's a stretch, but Malcolm Jenkins is our Luke Keekley. 
Okay, that's who he is for us. We don't have a middle linebacker that controls the defense. We have a safety that controls the defense. He's the guy that comes up with a line. He plays every play, right? So indirectly, the funny thing is, I should say funny, but the ironic thing is Malcolm Jenkins' pitch is that he plays every snap on every down. Indirectly, that could be playing him out of a contract because when you look at the age and you look at that, you take that in perspective and you say how many snaps he's actually taken over the last three or four years. You're going, wow, man, there's a lot of tread on that on those tires, you know. And and but that's the way the man plays, and that's what the crazy part about it is. But when you look at him, I you know I know early in the year I thought people were like you know Malcolm may have slowed down this and that, but you know his. His position is unique in the sense that he had to do a lot of covering up this year for for a lot of different things, for injuries along the, the, the linebacker spot and injuries in the secondary. So I don't fault the early part of this year on Malcolm Jenkins. What I do look at is a guy that played at an extremely high level over the last six weeks of the season, a guy who quarterbacks your defense, a guy that he's the guy with the microphone, not Nigel Bradham. He's the guy with the headset. He's the guy with the microphone. I've seen this before, and I'm telling you right now, if you're telling me me that I have to buy him for three years of Malcolm Jenkins to not relive that nightmare sequence of Brian Dawkins all over again to see how horrific that was and see how that set us back. I'm not doing it. I'm signing him. I don't care. I'm get, give the man for once. Listen, I, I, I said this before. Football players, they get screwed. Okay, that's what they do. They're not baseball players. They're not basketball players. They get screwed. And I'm all about giving a guy a little reward at this time for a, a, a system, in my opinion, that's screwed up, right? And what I mean by that, Earl Thomas, I get why he was flipping a bird last year when he broke his leg because the dude wanted to get paid. He was on the last year of his deal. These guys, they're, you're, you're treating them as lame duck players in, in, in a game that is violent, the most violent sport in America, the, the last year of their deal. This guy has given you everything. This guy has given you more than everything. He's been your leader. He's been your voice, okay, political or not. We may not like his stance all the time, but the guy has been a straight arrow on this team, and he, and he's filled that role week in and week out, and I, I don't think we can afford to lose him right now. I, I love your pitch. I know I'm passionate. Pitch. No, I love, your, <laughs> I love your pitch again, and I don't disagree with any of it. My issues are where are you going to fill other holes and, and paying him the amount of money that he deserves. He deserves a, an excellent contract to end his career. He definitely deserves it. Um, my issues are that you're going to have to pay. In my order of, of what we need, right. I'm going to say draft pick or free agency, either way of acquiring these things. Okay. I'm going defensive end, Okay. defensive back, maybe maybe a, a safety in end, but more more so leaning towards corners. Um, the next, the next, my third one is, uh, what was I going with? O-line? No. Uh, Wide receiver? Wide receiver, defensive tackle, and then linebacker. Well, okay. So let 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 let's def- let, let's look at defensive tackle. Yes, you don't need to pay anything there. No, but you need them. Okay, you need one or two. Well, you have one who's one of the who yeah. played. Let me let, and I'll give Fletch a shot out right now because yeah. Fletcher Cox played the game of his life. Played like a man. Okay, he played like the player we're paying on the bay. Yes, he was the best player on the field at all times yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Don't forget about Malik Jackson. You're already paying Malik Jackson. I get that, right? I get that. You're already paying Malik Jackson. I don't know what we have in Malik, so that's why. Okay. I, that's that's why defensive tackled fourth on my list. You you also bring you also brought Timmy Jernigan back, who actually showed he could be productive. He's not a starter anymore, so I'm pretty sure that you could probably get him on a cheap to bring him back. Okay. okay? So I'm not worried about the tackle. Def- I'm just gonna, I'm not doing order, but let's defensive end. Yes. Barnett, I need more. I think we're going to agree. We need more. Brandon Graham is locked up. He ain't going anywhere, right? So, Vinny Carey's gone. That you know They're going to give Josh Sweat some time, this and that. But, yes, we need a defensive end. I agree. Whether it's free agency, whether it's drafting, one way or another, we need a guy. Because I don't know what happened to Sharif Miller, but he never hit the field. Uh, you know, so there's another draft pick that we, we didn't even touch on, right? Fourth round. Uh let, let's look at, you said, defensive back. That's going to be the interesting case for me because I look at Darby's gone. Uh, obviously, we know that. Ron Darby's gone. And, and you know what? 
uh, you know, it, it's a two-year recovery from his injury. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to kill the guy, but he's we're not going to be able to pay him what what he's probably going to get on the open market. Okay, you're going to lock up Jalen Mills. That's going to be he's going to be your guy, right? He's going to be your guy. You're going to keep Avante Maddox. He's still under a rookie deal. He said he could play. Me, Craven LeBlanc is one of your one of your guys, and I and I think that he has proved that he could play at a high level in this league. And I, I think it's somebody that y- you commit to. I do. Uh, not a ton of money, but I think he's that tweener guy that you can pay a, a decent contract, but he's going to give you a lot. Okay, he's going to give you some, you know, whether it be the nickel, whether it be the slot, wherever he can play, he, he's the best tackler in the secondary, hands down. Okay, that's something that, you know, besides Malcolm, but it's, it, it, it's something that you need from your corners, right? So if you start off and you have Maddox, you have Mills, and you have LeBlanc. You need a corner. You need you need a lockdown. Mark, Mark, you know Marcus Lattimore, Marcus Peters, Jalen Ramsey. Okay, you could draft that guy. Maybe you sign that guy. Maybe you, you get the Xavier Howard, the up and coming guy that's out there. Who knows? So I think yes, you need one. Right, offensive line. I think you're good. I do. I, I have no problem with the offensive line. Uh, your you know, your tackles are set. Diller, uh, as long as Diller can play, which he showed he could play, I I think Pryor showed that he's a good backup O lineman. Uh, you know, Selamalu played terrific the last three or four weeks. Uh, he played tremendous in my opinion. So uh, obviously you're probably going to draft a couple guys. That's fine. Um, but then we get the wide receiver. To me, wide receiver is wide receiver and linebacker. To me, are probably the most important areas on this team that need work because uh, you're technically going to go into this year with Greg Ward and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside as your as your wide receivers, okay? So, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy, but you start thinking about what kind of options are you going to have? Uh, you know, you look at guys like A.J. Green, who I want no part of. I, I don't want a 32-year-old guy who who's going to get major money, who is off the injured, and, you know, you never know who's going to play. Um, uh, Deshaun Jackson, you mean? Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you, I, I, I'm glad you said that, John, because we, we actually have him under contract. I forgot about that. Deshaun Jackson will be another receiver we have on contract next year. You're missing one guy. That's what you're missing on receiving, in my opinion. So, you know, you know, you're you got to draft. There's four wide receivers, right? There are about four or five that are going to be first round legit talent in the wide, you know, in the first round this year's draft. So, you have to get one of those guys somehow, some way. You have to get one of those guys, and you know, you've seen DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, you've seen these number one draft picks, first-round draft picks, produce at a high level. We, we, we see it in the NFL all the time. So, you know, A.J. Brown, I mean, these guys, you know, another guy we passed on, right? Another receiver we passed on. These guys are terrific, it, it, you know, if you give them, you know, the, the, the right will to play and they follow the playbook and, and they fall in line. So I think that's what we have to look at. But Malcolm Jenkins, to me, I, you know, I, I'll go back to that where we started. I just think that that's one of the most important decisions you have to make in the all season, and, and I think it can really bite us in the ass if we do the wrong thing. Um, looking at that, like, before we get into the rest of the NFL or our last fifteen minutes here, what about the coaching staff? Are you, do you guys see any changes in the coaching staff? I know Dave's giggling over there because we're going to get to how the NFC East is shaping up on the other teams, but you know, you just look at our teams. With you know, is Jim Schwartz coming back? I think he is. Dave, you think he'll be back? I won't say do you want him to come back, but do you think he's coming back? Yeah, I think he's coming back. How about Mike Rowe? Does anybody care? Um, <laughs> I care. Do you care about Mike Rowe, I, John? I do care about Mike Rowe. Why? Because I think he is a problem for the Eagles. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. I'm glad so, you said yes, that. So, yes, I way. want okay. him to go. You Groh's got to go? Groh's got to go. I love it. Absolutely. I Groh's got to go. But I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. How about Press Taylor? Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Wide receiver coach. So, so let's let's say you let you let Mike Mike Grow go. Grow got to go. And uh, even though I said there's a lot of interest in him as a head coach, well, I'd love Good. to see. You Good. imagine? Yeah, I'd love enjoy. to be the town that gets him. Wow, he's gonna, what? He's gonna go to Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that would be perfect, right? That would be perfect. But you know, I I I honestly don't think you bring anybody in. I think if Mike Groh goes, I think you have to give this job to Deuce Daly. I do. I, I, I think it's a slap in the face to Deuce to not give him the job because I think he deserves it. I think he should have got it. 
I, you know, it, it should not have been Mike Groh. It should have been Deuce Staley. This is Deuce Staley's job. Give the man the job and see what he can do. And, and that's what I say. That's what I would love I'd to see. I'd be fine with say. Deuce doing that. I, Why I not? Love, I like right? running back because maybe he'll be in Dougie's ear. Hey, Doug, run the ball. Run the football. Run, Doug. Run. Run, Doug, run. So what did you what did you guys think? I you know, we, we did a we did a show at iHeart before a pregame show. We were talking a lot of Eagles, but then we started talking about the NFC, uh, you know, the other game in the NFC with the with the um, Vikings and uh the, the Saints. And we were all stone cold lock on the Saints. You I I picked the Vikings. Did you really? Yeah. No shit. I picked the Vikings because they were getting seven points in the game. I, I ultimately I figured that the Saints would win, but I picked the Vikings um, because nice. I like the points. But um, yeah, I mean, Kirk hats, Cousins. Hats off to Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Yeah, he took the growing up. Off, he took the monkey off his back. Wow. How about For Josh? Allen? How about Josh Allen? Though? How about how about the Buffalo Bills? Did anybody wow. see watch that game? Yes, I did. Yeah. How how I want to go throw something at you. Yes. Throw shade at at Cotillo. Uh oh. I said the Cleveland Browns should have drafted Saquon. And then Josh Allen in fourth pick. How would the Browns look at this point? So, are we talking about the Josh Allen that YOLO'd the ball? The Josh Allen that took the sack when he should have off? The Josh Allen that looked yeah. like a deer in the headlights ran yeah, the game? He are we the, talking about the He's the in the Josh, playoffs two years in a row. I know, he's but I'm just saying. Two years, where's Baker? <laughs> what kind of talents Baker had around him offensively? Listen. And then tell not, me how Josh Allen I'm not going to disagree with you because I was the one. I was going back with Brace on, on Saturday because Brace – he made a tweet last week about Josh Allen. He said something about uh, man, such a shame he, such a shame he doesn't know how to throw the ball, right? <laughs> and I, and so when he made that throw, that one throw he made the end of, towards the end of the game, yeah. and I, 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 dude, I tweet him right. I was like, yo, yo, Sean, I thought he couldn't throw. Like, yeah. I mean, he's got the, a howitzer. By yeah, the way. He, l- listen, this kid, this kid can play. There's a reason why he's there. And and what about what? Like, come on, what about the New England game, man? Uh. Was, uh, and, it, was be- and I, it was beautiful. I'll tell you. Mike Vrabel and, and was a listen, genius. Have we not? We've talked about Mike Vrabel on this show at the beginning of the year, right? Absolutely. About how, how we were impressed by what he was able to do. And they take Ryan Ta- Ryan friggin' Tannehill, right? Removed your buddy. Right. Ah, yeah. uh, Mariota. Yeah. Look, just, look yep. at Johnny's mate. Just think. If Mariota was still at the helm, the Steelers would have been in the playoffs. <laughs> No, don't worry. Barry O is going to be your quarterback next year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, dude, you I'll just be, don't know it. I'll yet. become an Eagles fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But That's what about point. what about that? Man? What about the? Did, I love that Vrabel had the, oh. had the gumption to remove the million dollar kid and yes. put Tannehill and do what's best for the team. I yeah. I, I love. I you know love why that. Vrabel's Henry, a football player. Dude. Vrabel, Vrabel, yeah. He, well, Ohio State kid, right? Yep. He played under. The, the genius Belichick, and he's very intelligent. He he knows the game. He listens to his assistants, which is great. And he's got that monster running the football. Perfect recipe for playoff football, dude. I'll tell you what. That was that was a flashback to Jamal Lewis all Ooh, over again. God, is he a horsey? This dude. I mean, he was just power, 182 yards. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, oh, wow. Do you see the D-backs when he gets to the second oh. level? Would they, like, try and make contact with that human? It's uh, it, terrible. It, it is nuts. It really <laughs> is. And, 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 and you know, listen, I know it's been overplayed, but we haven't done this show since then. But just to watch when he got Belichick, just to watch, you know, Belichick's face when he was doing the delay game penalties. Yeah. And I was like, was I, I, at first, I didn't even know what was going on. I'm thinking, yeah. what's this dude doing? No, it made it great, that whole recipe. When New England went off sides themselves, I'm like, how oh, awesome! They, they had to do it again. One. Yeah, I, I thought that was like, excellent. Yo, and how about this? I didn't know this, but they were they, they said that Belichick did it this year against the Jets. Yeah, when they were up like 33 to nothing. Yeah. So yeah. what a way to waste it, and yeah. then Rabel stole it. Yeah. And used it against them. And yeah. yo, how many times did they went to Belichick on the camera? And yeah. He was furious. Yep. Yeah. He was. Furious. Yeah, I was, I was. That's that's coaching right there. That that there tells the team that this guy that he just bought everybody. If they weren't already bought yes. in, they're bought in now. Saying that I, I know that this guy's got our back and he's going to put us in the best position possible to win games. What do you do with Tannehill? You keep him. You got to bring him back, right? Why wouldn't you? I mean, there's no. That's I think that's, you draft I'm, the quarterback. I'm no brainer, right? I'm franchising him. Well, that's a good idea. 
Yeah. Give me, show me. I saw what you were well, wait, in Miami. Wait, wait I've seen what you did for these games. So you're going to pay on $25 million? That's what I was just yes. going to get at. Ouch. Do you have to? No. It, you want to lock him up in a longer-term deal? He's going to make it. Yeah, no but doubt. I guess he's shown enough. No doubt. 32 teams in the league. John's probably Dude, right. The, the, pa- the past, uh, whatever, 10 games, he he had the second-most passing yards. Yeah, but here's – I agree with you. I know what you're saying, but think about it this way, though. He's not going to get Carson Wentz money or Drew Brees money, right? So if you franchise him, he gets Carson Wentz money. But if you don't for franchise him – yeah, I understand that. So because if, if he's the guy that I saw for 10 games mm-hmm. and you do it again next year, yeah, I'll give you Carson Wentz money. All right, so say this. So say it's $25 million a year, right? Say you have to franchise. I mean, what, what do the crap quarterbacks make? Well, that's what I'm I mean, they're making, they're making 25 a year. No, they're not. They are not. So that's what I'm All saying. Right. So if you could sign – listen, if you if Tannehill gives you a deal worth – about a three-year deal at seventeen million a year. Three-year deal, fifty-one million dollars. That's he's going to or forty-one million. He's going to give you. So I'd rather sign Tannehill on a backloaded deal oh, for three could, years for forty-one million. I, I don't think you're going to get him for that much. I, I don't know, man. Just listen. He I might don't like think, where he's at. He, I, I exactly, and I, I think he's bounced around. The last couple of years now, he was shitting. He was out that shithole in Miami. He has a good situation here. He's got a great coach. He's got a good line. He got a good defense. I, I think he takes the less money to stay, you know, in a familiar spot for the next two or three years. I do. I mean, I see what you're saying. I completely. I just. I, I can't see paying him twenty five million. I just can't see it. So we talk. So let's let, let's get two things. We have seven minutes left. Number one, Brady or Belichick? Are they both back? Does one of them go? And if, if they do, who goes first? Next year, will Brady and Belichick both be on the New England Patriots? Yes. Dave? Yes. I say no. I say Tom Brady and Josh. That's because you always have to be I, difficult. No, I'm, t- I'm serious. <laughs> you I got know what I mean? I got to cut, There's man. peace over on this side. Then you got to be difficult. Listen, jigsaw is jigsaw, right? And what I can say is if you listen to the press conference, not one minute did Tom Brady thank Bill Belichick. Not once. He made he alluded to Mr. Kraft three separate times. I'm telling you right now, listen, Tom Brady was not in the future of Belichick for the last three years. He was in Robert Kraft's. Not that's why Tom Brady doesn't have a deal right now. Okay? So I'm telling you right now, this is what I see. I'm telling also, before I get to why I think that, or before I get to what I think, why hasn't Josh McDaniels been interviewed for any head coaching jobs? Not once. You know why? He's going to be head coach of New England Patriots in 2020. Because I think Bill Belichick is gone. I think Tom Brady re-signs three-year deal. Three-year deal for Tom Brady. Take him to 45 years old. Then Belichick goes back to the Giants. I I say Belichick Uh. goes to the Browns. (laughs) Who the hell would take that? Yo, because he wants to show that he is the man. Listen. You got you got Odell Beckham Jr. out there. You got Jarvis Landry. You got Dave's boy Baker Mayfield. Baker right? Mayfield is nowhere near the same mental capacity as, as Tom. Of Brady. course not. So Belichick could go there and do whatever he thinks he's going to do, but it ain't going to work. All I'm saying is, I don't. My prediction is they will not be back. My and that's my prediction on one January sixth, two thousand and twenty, when we record this show. Okay, that's my prediction, that Tom Brady will be back and Bill Belichick will be gone and Josh McDaniels will take over the helm. That's my opinion. Now, how about the new coaches of the NFC East? So, first we have Mr. Mike McCarthy going to the Dallas Cowboys, which, in my opinion, any coach is better than Jason Garrett. Okay, so um, I'm just not sold on McCarthy in the simple fact that he hasn't really come up in any conversation ever since he's been let go of Green Bay. And then and then if you guys remember he had that incident at that at that high school basketball game. You remember that with his son's team? He he had to be escorted out of the building because he was like berating the referee and the players. Like he went like loony. Mm-hmm. So and he hasn't come up since then. So it I think it's a very curious pick in my opinion. Guy does have a ring, right? He, he does knows, he's, right he's, he's he's he knows how to coach. Yeah, yeah. And he could call a hell of an offense, right? And he got railroaded by Aaron Rodgers, well, who yes, Aaron Rodgers' own family doesn't talk to Aaron Rodgers. Yes. So I don't know what side that's on. You know, I don't know if it's Aaron's fault or his family's fault, but I'll tell you that 
Aaron Rodgers might not be the best guy to get along with. You're right. You're right. So, Mike McCarthy. Uh, the State Farm agent gets Ah, yeah, you're right. That depends on who his agent is. Mike McCarthy was Rich Gannon's what are you QB wearing? coach in Kansas City. And I know, I know Rich personally, and Rich talks highly of him and says that he's going to do an excellent job. So, I'm going to go with – Saying he's going to do an excellent job, and that's and that's fearful for us. It is because and so is Washington. Dak, Dak Prescott. I'm not very happy about what Washington did. I uh, because I love there Rivera. was two, de- two I defensive, love Rivera. There's two defensive coordinators. He uh, he picked up Rivera being the head coach, and then he goes and picks up Jack Del Rio. And with you guys, I've mentioned both of those guys as. Laurie should have paid Rivera as much. Whatever he wants, come here and run this defense. Let me tell you something. Ron Rivera will be the best coach watch the Redskins have seen since Joe Gibbs. Well, I don't That's I don't disagree with that. They have Mike Chana in there. I, I don't matter. Uh, Ron Rivera will be I don't the disagree best. with that. I, I think Ron Rivera, I since think Joe the Gibbs. world of Ron Rivera. I, I do. Think, I, I have no that. reason what happened to him in Carolina. Mm-hmm. It made no sense. And, and and it almost seemed like there was some kind of power struggle out there because once they got rid of him midseason, the team just quit anyway. Yeah. So I, I had no idea what happened out there. But like you said, when you, you, you have a tag team of him and Del Rio? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, our division just uh, – And we don't know what's going to go on with the Giants. Yeah, it just elevated its game. Giants are going to get somebody. Wor- uh, you know, they're going to get somebody good too. So, I mean, listen, this could be the up and coming division in the next few years, without a doubt. Uh, you know, which is exciting. And I don't know if you've seen. You see, Wade Phillips got let if go. You, if you keep having, Rams, if you keep having the uh, Redskins and Giants getting top ten picks, yeah, it's going to be up and coming. You're right. You're right. No, well, I mean, you in all nowhere, reality. You got nowhere to go but up. It is a crap right. division right now. Right. So, well, I mean, and that's the way, yeah. You Absolutely. can't get much lower. Absolutely. So, three minutes left. We got to talk about next week and then further. So, let's just say right now, no Patriots, right? There's no New England Super Bowl. Who's your pick? Who's playing in the big, who's playing in the big dance? Next week, you got Baltimore, Tennessee. Who's taking that game? John, who you got? Baltimore. Dave? Baltimore. And then you got Kansas City, Tennessee. Mm, they're thinking about that, aren't you? Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. So I, I'm with you all the way around. Now who wins Kansas City and Baltimore? Baltimore. Oof. I'm going – my heart is going with Kansas City. I want to see Andy win. Me too. But if Andy doesn't win, I'm okay with Jim Harbaugh. Oh, gonna, I am too. I'm going to stay – I'm going to stay the local ties at – I'm going Kansas City. So I'm gonna stay Kansas City. Uh, let's go to NFC, right? We got Green Bay and Seattle, or yeah, Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Green Bay, Seattle, Green Bay. I'm going Seattle. Ooh, wow! I'm going Green Bay and uh, San Fran and Minnesota. Dave, Minnesota. Wow, you're going in the San Fran, and wow, that's that. I'll tell you what, Zimmer's coach of the year if that happens. I'm going San Fran, I suppose. I'm going San Fran. And then I'm going San Fran against Green Bay. If if that's the case, I'm going San Fran. Yes. Dave, you're going San Fran against Seattle? No, no, I'm going. I'm I'll going go Minnesota Minis- against Seattle? Yeah, Minnesota. Wow. So Minnesota going to the Super Bowl? At this point. Wow. Saints were my team, so they're, I'm going to pick the team that beat them. See? I'm going, I'm going to KC San Fran Super Bowl. And Big Ray gets his first ring. I'm hopeful. I'm that's hopeful. that's why I, I'll tell you why. Either way, I think a KC San Fran Super Bowl will be one hell that's of a game. What if it's purple versus purple? Oh, what if it's Ravens versus Vikings? Yeah, the purple purple game. <laughs> yeah, it'll go down yeah. as the purple purple game. Oh, that's great! You got the ice ball. You got the. Oh, it's beautiful. Be a lot of turtles. A lot of turtles in that game. But uh, that's great. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, oh, man, we're out of time. This is a great show. Uh, nice to be back. Uh, for the little two-week sabbatical we had for the holidays, which was great. Uh, again, you know, everywhere you get your podcasts, I don't have to go through them. You know where we're at. Uh, but at Heat Ratio Sports, please, on Twitter, give us a follow. And, you know, on iTunes, give us another. You know, we, our reviews are getting up there. Ratings are getting up there. It takes literally like two seconds to hit a five-star and, and tell us if you like us, even if you don't like us. Or give us something. Write something so we know we're listening. I know Dave. I know John. I know myself. Between the three of us, we at least got 15 close relatives or friends of ours that listen to this show on a weekly basis. And I guarantee you, 12 of them 
don't even have a five-star or a review on iTunes, which is unacceptable. So you hear me? <laughs> I'm calling you guys out right unacceptable. And next week, I'm going to go by names. Today, Uh-oh. you're just a number. Next week, you're getting names. So hook it up so we can see it. For Tony Jigsaw Cotillo at Cotillo 23 John Coger at PGH John 36 and Coach Dave Dixon at Coach Dixon 365 Everybody have a great week, a good wild – well, not wild card, good – NFC, AFC battle. Divisional Divisional round round battle, right? I got tongue-tied there for a second. That's helped me out, boys. And we'll see you next week. Closer to episode 100, baby, in a couple weeks. Heat Ratio Sports, we out. Peace.